Welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast with your host Tom Traplin. This is session number 23. This episode of the Maniverse Podcast features Aaron Tillman. He's the proud owner of Nerdish Haven in Coffeyville, Kansas. In this episode, we're going to explore an LGS in the very first days of its existence. And that's because Nerdish Haven opened its doors for the first time on June 1st this year. Instead of the usual interviews with owners whose stores have been open for years, we're going to the ground floor. It's the early days of a brand new LGS. Aaron and I talk about the way he built up his local community before he opened the business, and then how he and his wife have really jumped into building up the store as fast as they can. Contrary to what many past guests have said about how much money you need to start a basic LGS, Nerdish Haven is an example of the bootstrap method. You'll probably be surprised by how much money they use to get started, and how much they've grown in only two months. So if you want to find out what an LGS can accomplish with the right community and a lot of determination, this is the perfect episode. Let's get started. All right. Uh, well, my name's Aaron Tillman. Uh, my wife and I are the owners of Nerdish Haven here in uh, Coffeyville, Kansas. Uh, the locals, of course, call it Nerd Haven just for simplicity, simplicity's sake. Plus, the uh, guy that we rented from put up the sign as Nerd Haven instead of Nerdish Haven. So... Uh, yeah, we just kind of roll with it, so it was Perfect. pretty good. Perfect. All right, so how did you get into gaming? Well, when I was a kid, um, I've always been a little eccentric and nerdy, and when the Pokemon first came out, um, I begged and begged my mother to go get me a Game Boy so I could play Pokemon Blue. And so that was my best friend for like eight years after that. Not, not to say I don't still play Pokemon, because I do. But, you know, for the next eight years there, uh, Pokemon was pretty much my best friend. Squirtle? And then, uh, uh, I actually picked Bulbasaur, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the few. One of the very few. Very few. Bulbasaur is my man. Okay. Never let me down. <laughs> but anyway, I got... Uh, into college and you know of course i played the pokemon trading card game and stuff like that so i got to college and uh i uh was introduced to magic the gathering and dungeons and dragons of course and then the nerd spiral just went out of control and i delved into the entire nerd thing i never got into miniatures much but uh i got hardcore into magic around Lorwyn and been playing ever since and then Dungeons and Dragons I've been playing since 3rd edition and yeah so that's how I got into uh, games anyway and uh, how and then about oh 2010 or so my uh, father-in-law 
he opened a uh, a computer repair shop, and he had some extra space. So uh, I talked him into letting me come in, set up, and uh, do some magic singles, some magic uh, seal decks, and maybe some tournaments. And that went on for about a year. So what did that look like? Like uh, he had a computer excuse me, a computer repair shop. Did you just kind of set up a display case, or did you have tables yeah. and stuff? The whole the whole uh, shebang. Well, he had a much larger space than he needed uh, because he knew the guy of the of the mall, which is ironically the same mall that we're in now. Um, but he knew the he knew the guy, and he got just a much larger space than he needed. So we had room for like four tables and two or three display cases. So, I mean, it, it was pretty good. So yeah, I did that for about a year. And then uh, be, because he wasn't making his end, he decided to shut it down. So I kind of quit there for a while and went back to college, finished up my college there, got my networking degree. And I guess last year I finished and got a, got me a, what's considered a good networking job for you know the Coffeeville area anyway and it 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 doesn't make very much money at all so me and my wife were sitting around trying to think of ways to supplement our income and you know i'd been listening to uh entrepreneur on fire with uh john lee dumas quite a bit you know trying to get some ideas of what to do so uh we we started a blog and doing some youtube of course we were terrible at it at first but we're getting better of course as with everything Mm -hmm. with time but uh so we started doing that for a little while and you know it it was trickling in a little bit here and there nothing real impressive so we got to talking one night, and after, I don't know, several months, and this, and this was about 10 weeks ago, we decided that uh, we were going to do the John Lee Dumas final question. What would you do with $500 and a laptop? Well, we decided that uh, we could do anything we'd run a game business. So that's exactly what we did. We got $500 up, uh, got my laptop out and started making phone calls, emails. And here we are today with a pretty much a fully functioning store. So you literally started with 500 bucks. Yeah. 500 bucks like and a laptop. The down payment basically. Uh, yeah, that was the uh, the first and last month's rent. Uh, we actually got a really good deal on the space uh, because the mall we're in doesn't get a whole lot of traffic. And he knew from the last time that I drive a lot of foot traffic. So, you know, we, we got a really good deal on the space. It, it's not a large space. It's only about, oh, 300 square foot. So, I mean, it's pretty small for a game store, but we, we've been doing very well in it. So where have you gone from the $500 June 1st okay. to where we are now? Uh, 
Okay, so we took the five hundred dollars and we um, paid first last month's rent, uh, and we had a month between when we could move in and when we paid. So we started making phone calls to our friends that played magic, um, you know, our family members saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing. Uh, anyone want to help?" And you know, we got a lot of support from the community around here, family members, some good stuff. And we eventually, when we, on opening day, we had, I think, oh, three boxes of magic cards, some sleeves, some Pokemon decks, a couple D&D books, and a few dice, uh, along with a small collection of singles and stuff. Uh, but to our surprise, that first night, we had ten people in the shop wanting to play. Interesting. I mean... Uh, yeah, this is this is a very small town. There's, uh, Coffeeville is uh, ten thousand people, so extremely small town. So the first night we had ten people, and I don't think we've had less than ten people any night that we've ever been open. Um, even tonight, I uh, before be- during the pre-interview talk, uh, we had seven or eight people in and it's still pretty early so i mean it's it's been going well we we've been uh scheduling events for pretty much every single night and just having a blast yeah that's that's definitely a good start considering how limited everything was when you began oh yeah well we i've always been kind of an extreme person so we figure hey we're going to do something. We might as well do it. And, you know, I've heard, a, I've been listening to your podcast for, you know, a long time since you started. And, you know, I keep hearing these people say, Oh, you can't start for less than $20,000 or whatever. 50,000. You know, yeah. All kinds yeah. of uh, estimations out there. Yeah. And, you know, the challenge excited me. So, so we uh, just decided to go for it. I can appreciate that. So how did, uh, when you first opened up, you said you had 10 people the night of, like your, basically your opening day. Did you do anything to get those 10 people, like to build up the hype? Or what was the plan there? Really, we just sent out an email to a couple people, and 10 people showed up. Interesting. We, we've obviously got a little more aggressive with our marketing since then, but... Yeah, <laughs> we we had ten people that first night. Um, I think our largest turnout we had oh thirty five people one night for D and D. Wow, we had to, yeah we had to run uh, four tables, so that was pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Uh, a guy that's been helping us with the store. Uh, we actually we actually went out one day. He. He didn't dress up or anything, but I dressed up as a uh, wizard, and we went door to door, knocking on doors and asking people to come play D anD D with us. <laughs> did that work? I mean, it, it did. <laughs> it did. Cool. We got that that thirty five night there. That was pretty good. So we sold out of like every single D anD D product we had that night. So I thought it was I thought it was good. Yeah, that sounds like a, a raging success. Yeah. 
D and D is actually our biggest uh, event of the week. Uh, you would think it would be magic, but in a small town like this, I guess role play is one of the big things. That's pretty yeah. unusual. It is unusual, but you know the D and D players come in and then they see the magic and Pokemon players and they're like, "Oh, that looks interesting. I think I want to try that." Yeah, of so course. we have a lot of cross crossover now. That's one of the nice things about uh, the game business. Yeah, Even yeah. The genres of customers tend to overlap a lot, so you can get a lot of, uh, I guess, repeat buyers because of that. Oh, yes. And word of mouth, especially in a small town, travels really fast. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. So do and you think the uh, the fact that you're, like your town is pretty tiny compared to a lot of the, you know, the, the larger game stores? They're in cities that have a million plus people, right? Yeah. So, and they get like large turnouts, but they normally attribute that to the fact that there's just, it's, there's a lot of people. Therefore there's just going to be a lot of magic players or game players or role players or whatever. It seems like your town has a very high density. It didn't at first, but, uh, I'm pretty persuasive. So, I mean, I, I've been, we've been converting people pretty hardcore, especially in the teenage teenage and middle school bracket okay tell me about that and what are you doing to to make new players okay well my wife and i uh two times a month we go down to the public library and we have a free event where kids can come in uh we give them free snacks and drinks and we send them down and uh, teach them to play the pokemon trading card game uh and of course we have pokemon league on saturday mornings so that that usually has a pretty good turnout too, and that that's been drive driving us pretty good because we'll have their parents come in, and their parents had played Magic once upon a time, and they're like, "Oh, you have Magic too? Oh, well, we didn't know that." So that gets some conversions as well. Yeah, I guess you're since you've only been open for about two months, you're probably still getting a lot of people who are like, oh, I didn't even realize this was here. That's so cool. I didn't know you were open yet. Still getting a lot of those uh, fresh faces who are discovering you for the first time. So there's still a lot of uh, excitement. For sure, for sure. And we are kind of tucked back in a little hole inside of a mall that's, you know, pretty empty. Uh, I think there's a state parole office in here, and that's it. Before we came along, that's uh, yeah, that sounds uh, pretty sparse. Yeah. So yeah. why did you choose the mall then, if you um, knew that the foot traffic wasn't there? Well, the foot traffic wasn't there, but you know we were starting with five hundred dollars, so you know, and we already knew the guy that owned the place, and he gave us a really good deal on the space, and you know, so that's what we could afford at the time, and uh, we pretty much almost grown out of this space now yeah it sounds like it. if you're turning out 10 people odd for every day and then some yeah. bigger bulges <laughs> for the more popular events yeah you're gonna run out of game like play space yeah. pretty rapidly well we see we have the exterior of the mall is never used like the inside like walking area mm-hmm. and then you know it's a small mall i think there's only like eight little places in it so it's kind of like a a cubby hole mall but uh 
the landlord said we can use the entire mall if we want to for play space. Mm, so you have room to grow, sort of. Oh, yes. Very, well, sort of. Yeah. Uh, he's also got a, uh, in the front, there's a much larger space we're looking to expand into. Uh, but we, we don't ha- quite have the revenue yet to expand into that new one. But I think the front one, like 750 square foot with a full-size basement. Yeah, that seems and, good. Yeah, and it's on the outside of the mall. So, I mean, you got the window space there facing the street. So, I mean, that it, that'd be definitely be the place we're going to grow into next. <laughs> Sounds cool. So, if you don't mind sharing like some of the numbers that you've got going on right now, that'd be uh, pretty helpful. But you started out with $500. Yes. Did you have, uh, like, well, that was $500 for the first month's, or the rent deposit yeah. in the first month, right? First did, rent. So what did you have for, uh, like, beginning inventory? Did you just kind of provide your okay. own stuff that you happened to own at the time? Um, well, I threw in everything I had, which, you know, it, it wasn't much. It was about a $250 collection of rares and then a bunch of bulk commons and uncommons and then we just went around the community that we already knew and said hey we're doing this you want to help and everyone was uh so excited that they were actually going to have a place to play that you know we've got a lot of support and you know people donated us some bulk rares stuff like that and commons uncommons tables chairs you know just everything you can think of pretty much just got given to us to start nice so it sounds like you have a pretty supportive community then we have a very supportive community hmm that's very interesting that so are you the like the only game store in coffeeville uh we are the only game store in 50 miles so where did all the uh where did the community come from before uh, well, before everyone had to drive to uh, a place called Bartlesville, Oklahoma, which is about 50 miles away. Yeah, and it, it took forever. I mean, I used to go there for fun. So, you I mean, I know it would. It's a pretty, pretty, pretty decent haul. I mean, it would take you, you know, thirty five, forty dollars to get down there and back. So, yeah, that's and, and then you wouldn't have no money to play magic and. You know, this is a very poor community in and of itself, so the very little money that people actually have to spend really can't be spent on, you know, driving 50 miles to play Magic. Yeah, especially if you're just looking to play a $5 FNM or something. That's a exactly. bit of an upfront cost for that kind of thing. Yeah. So you saw the need, and you're like, let's do it, let's fill it. You knew there was a community that you wanted to build around, yep. and you just jumped in? Yep, yep, we sure did. We just jumped in. We're like, well, if we're going to do it, let's do it. So we did it, and it's been going pretty well so far. I mean, we, we've had our share of troubles, quite quite a few troubles, but, you know, we work everything out, and, you know, the rent's so cheap we can keep it going infinitely because I still work my uh, day job, and we're open at night. Gotcha. Yeah, so I guess with the like the really low overhead, there's a lot, a lot of room for for growth and mistakes, but it's not gonna one you know a couple of bad weeks aren't gonna be uh, yeah too destructive. Yeah, I, yeah um, and right right now it's a super slow growth, but 
you know, we just didn't have the capital to really ex- get a whole lot in. See, right, right now how we are, and, you know, magic profits are pretty low. Especially, you know, we can't, we can't charge retail around here. So, you know, we, we do three for ten on packs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the profit margin on that isn't great. But, you know, it's just a slow, steady growth. Yeah, no, I, I like it. You got to do what uh, what works for your local economy, right? You can't can't yeah, charge four dollars yeah, a pack if nobody's going to buy them. So, well, that, that's that's true, and you know, we we try to keep the point of entry as low as we possibly can. So, another thing we've been doing, and I actually got this idea from listening to your your show a few weeks ago. Um, you had a guy on there talking about how he does custom products. Mm-hmm. So we decided to do custom standard packs so we'll we'll take uh you know stuff that's not moving too well uh that week and uh literally just make two dollar booster packs out of it 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 usually ends up to be one rare three uncommons and eight commons and those those tend to go pretty pretty fast yeah i find things like that really help uh, the beginning casual players really kind of get excited for growing their their collection and things like that. It's a it's a nice way for them to get in the game without having to lay up a lot of front, a lot of cash up front. Oh, definitely. But it's a nice margin yeah. for you too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, we've done this once. Uh, it was kind of awkward, but we took uh, four of those packs and we drafted it. You know, for uh, I think it was a five dollar entry, mm-hmm. and we when we drafted uh, four of those packs because. It wasn't a full 45, so we're just like, oh, all right, throw it in another pack. So it made for an awkward draft format, but it was really fun. I I mean, it was just standard cards, of course, but, you know, there wasn't too many multiples of anything. So it kind of made it a little little awkward, but everyone had a a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm writing a piece right now about uh, a... a format that I ran as a side event for a tournament that I ran many years ago, but it was a, a rejected rare redraft. So oh, like, what we did, we actually created like packs of 15, you know, kind of crappy rares. Uh-huh. And we had eight players draft a normal, like either it functioned like a regular draft, but instead of, you know, your typical standard booster packs, they were actually just 45 rares and you built a deck out of that. And, uh, yeah, like for for something that sounds kind of like weird, it was probably the most most entertaining draft you could possibly have. Just the the, sounds, the craziness of the the whole idea. That, that that sounds amazing. Do you mind if I use that? Go for it. Anyone can <laughs> pos- if you can put together or put something together that uh, you know you have that many rares that you you don't mind getting rid of. Then that's a great way to do it. It's a lot of fun too. So yeah, yeah definitely recommend it. Yeah, we did uh, inventory this last week, and we have oh, roughly eight thousand rares. So then, yeah, you have <laughs> yeah, we got more we, than we enough. Have yeah, I, and uh, singles has been one of our biggest things because you know we we do very decent trade value because most shops will do like sixty seventy five sixty percent or so. We do seventy five percent plus or minus depending on if we need it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get a lot of trade-ins, and it just keeps inventory moving real quickly that way. 
So we, we have a pretty, pretty high turnover on, on singles. Does, does the community sell a lot? Like the, the customers that come to your store, do they like to like sell your, sell you cards a lot so that they can continue buying more cards? Is that uh, yeah, yeah, a general sentiment? Yeah. Uh, we actually have a couple guys that all they like to do is draft. So they'll literally draft every single week, sell us the cards uh, for credit, and uh, have a little bit of cheaper draft next week. Hey, if it works. Yeah. If they're yeah, happy, I mean, that's, that's perfect, right? Yeah. Uh, we got a couple players that do that. Uh, Popper's been pretty pretty hardcore here. Uh, that That's not something that most magic shops do, but... You know, here Popper's been been pretty good. We do Popper Tuesdays at Taco Bell. How did that come about? Uh, why why Taco Bell? Why not in store? Well, we wanted to get out into the community more. So, me and my wife one night had a uh, a guy that's been helping us with the shop. Uh, he we actually made him a a partner last week. Because uh, he says he ain't got nothing else to do with his time anyway, so he watches the store uh, while we go out and literally talk to every single business and try to uh, work out some kind of a mutual agreement. And Taco Bell just so happens to be, hey, we'll bring in people if you let us play. And Taco Bell was more than okay with this. <laughs> cool. It's a win-win, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's. That's kind of also how we did the library. We were like, hey, we'll come in. We'll do this for free. You know, everyone's going to have a great time. It's some advertising for us. And they, they, they went along with it pretty well, too. Uh, we also got the local KFC to uh, deliver food down to the store on Friday and Saturday nights for us. So that, that's, that's a good thing, too. Yeah, I like that, uh, kind of building some local alliances. Yeah. That's the local idea. alliances is pretty much what's keeping us running because we, we get to play in Taco Bell and then, you know, people will come through there and be like, oh, magic. We didn't know there was any place in town that did it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've gotten several customers that way as well. So are you doing anything else to uh, kind of market your business? Um, well, I'm emailing a lot of people because uh, with as slow as we are and in the building up of things, kind of need an investor but you know we've been doing a lot of emailing and stuff like that around trying to f- find us a good investor to get fully stocked because we've already got the community built up and we already built the uh local alliances with people so once we get that investor i think i really do think this place is going to explode okay so let's kind of explore that a bit what do you want the okay. store to be like, what's your dream? Okay. Like, if, you, if things go the way you want, what do you want to be in one year or, like, three years? Well, one year we want to be in the, in the front shop, the 750 square foot, ideally, of course, mm-hmm. uh, spot uh, facing the street so people can see what we're doing. And, you know, fully stocked, being able to pay, you know pay us you know a little bit it doesn't have to be much i mean cost of living here is really cheap so you know our our wages doesn't have to be too too insane and uh in three years 
uh, Blockbuster actually shut down a couple of years ago, and their building is still vacant. Uh, we, in three years, the goal is to be in that building, fully set up and operational, with a couple employees, you know, everyone getting paid pretty well, and, you know, a very large community, which we're working on every single day. It's actually... Yeah. Well, it, I like that. It's a, yeah. it's a decent plan. You've got the, yeah. uh, you've got it kind of, you've got it fairly thought out. So that's a good start. Yeah, uh, for for only ten weeks in, in we we've had a lot of there's been a lot of thought put into it, a lot of research, a lot of research, but unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of uh, resources out there for people starting businesses, especially in our genre. Don't I know it? <laughs> that's why I'm doing this. I, that, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Okay, so what is the – you've only got 10 weeks of history, but what's the biggest mistake you've made in your business so far? Well, the biggest mistake we made was kind was jumping in too early, I think. We probably should have waited a little bit and saved up, but, you know, it, it turned out pretty well. So, I mean, that, that was probably the biggest mistake, probably just jumping the gun a little bit. Okay. So what's the biggest success? What's the uh, the network the networking? Absolutely, we've uh, we got out. We've met a whole lot of people. Like we had very few friends when we started this, and now you know, I I have to actually type in people's numbers in my phone because I have so many phone numbers of people around here now. Yeah, you've really built up uh, a lot of relationships that matter. Yeah, yeah, we really have, and the relationships is the biggest part of it, and is really the only reason to get into a business like this. It's all about the relationships. Yeah, I definitely agree about that. Yeah, because if we were going to go for an investment, we would have gone for an investment. A magic store isn't a very safe investment, <laughs> but 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 it's rewar- it's rewarding to your soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the conversation I had with. Uh, Gary Ray a few episodes ago that yeah yeah it's not the it's not about the money base no. it was what it comes down to right it's not you don't open a game store to get rich you do it because you love it and you love the community and you want to build it uh, that's right and you know there before we opened there wasn't nothing for any you know 13 and up to do anywhere in town uh we have a swimming pool during the summer but you know by the time it closes, there's nothing to do. And they close like 3 o'clock. So, you know, that's pretty much when we open. So they can just come straight from the pool to our place. Sounds like it works pretty well with your local area. Uh, yeah, we got pretty lucky. And I guess 25% of the population is, uh, you know, kids, younger, younger children, you know, middle school and high school mm-hmm. so uh our our big goal now uh the our main marketing thing is we're trying to uh think up some uh a fundraiser we want to do a fundraiser to uh raise enough money to give all the middle schoolers a pokemon deck admirable yeah we we just want to give it away and there's about 300 middle schoolers here, mm-hmm. so we're we're gonna we're we're still in the process of thinking about what we're gonna do, but we're gonna do a, some kind of a fundraiser 
and just give away intro decks to Pokemon to every single middle schooler. Because there's some that won't be able to afford it. So, and of course, we want to tell people about the store, too. So, you know, go big or go home, right? Yeah, for sure. I liked it. I like it. Are you going to do this, you know, in your local community or are you going to do this online? Um, Maybe a little bit probably, of both? Yeah, uh, probably a little bit of both. Um, it's probably going to be a, mostly the local community, but we're probably going to do some stuff online as well. We'll probably make a YouTube video. By the time this airs, uh, we'll probably already have the details worked out. Cool. Well, let me know if uh, I can do something to help. I'll definitely uh, put it up and uh, promote it for you. Certainly will, because uh, you know there's only there's only three hundred three hundred uh, middle school students here. So I mean, it it's not like we have to raise a whole lot of money to do it, but you know, it'd be nice for the community. I think it it definitely you know take some outcasts and put them with their with you know people that you know may secretly like the game but you know i think it'll forge new friendships and just better the community in general yeah no i agree there's a lot of uh there's a lot of benefits to to gaming in general and there's a lot of uh like you said there's a lot of relationships that come out of being a gamer that if you don't have access to it you know if they're you know, uh, too poor or something like that, that, you know, they just, their family can't afford that being able to provide yeah. that. So there's yeah, a lot and, of, and, a lot of advantages to that. Yeah. And I think offering the Pokemon decks to all the kids and telling them about the league on Saturdays, you know, that, that'll get a, give a lot of them something to do, even if they don't have money. Cause you know, we don't charge anything for Pokemon league or anything like that. Mo- most of the money on Pokemon League comes from drinks and snacks, so... You're doing your community a service, so... Oh, but of course, of course. And, and that's the real re- reason we we do it. Let's, uh... Let's go into Magic. Skip, okay. or move from Pokemon, go to Magic. You said you have a fairly... Like, a fairly sizable inventory of cards at this point, right? Oh, oh yeah, 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 for Com- sure. Like, compared to what you started with. Yeah, singles anyway. Yeah. Our uh, our sealed products, we're still having problems keeping on the shelf because we'll make an order on Monday, it'll get here on Wednesday, and we're completely sold out by Friday. So. That's, that's not a bad problem to have. No, it, keep, it's really not a bad problem to have. Keep selling out, you know. You'll get there to the point where you find the equilibrium. But right, uh, right. for your singles, though, so uh, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you display everything? Well, what... Or first, uh, let's go into what do you sell? Like, uh, are you standard only? Do you do modern? Do you have a whole plethora of cards? Uh, we we have a whole just gob of cards, but most of it's standard. Uh, like I said, we do a lot of trades, like a lot of trades, because people will open you know our little two dollar booster packs and find stuff that they don't want, or you know open regular booster packs and find stuff they don't want. And they're like, oh, well, I want to play this deck. So, you know, we'll, we'll help them out, you know, nudge it a little bit. You know, if, if we have to skew the numbers a little bit in their favor, we will, you know, just to get them playing. So, I mean, it works out pretty well. And people seem, seem to be very appreciative of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a, uh, 
display case? Do you use binders? What's your we, uh, what's your method? We use we use binders right now. Uh, we don't have a display case at the moment. Uh, we have our uh, I guess chase rares uh, sitting on our little countertop. Uh, you know anything ten dollars or more sitting on our countertop there in little uh, plastic cases. Uh, we actually talked to a guy the other day about building us uh, some. I don't want to say slat wall, but it's uh, like a thing you hang on the wall that has like a little lip that we could put our cases on on the wall. Mm-hmm. So we're we're getting into that. Cool, I like that. I don't know if uh, if you've seen them before, but uh, if you've heard of uh, Dirium's CCGs. Oh yeah, yeah. I've. I've I watch most of their stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've actually got them coming on the podcast uh, next week, which is pretty cool. But one of the things that, uh, that they've done that I really, really like is their display cases that they have lined up on the wall. Yeah. And that's kind of what we modeled it after, except ours are going to be a little bit cheaper to start with. Uh, yeah. and for us anyway, they're, they're going to be kind of the same quality. They're just not going to have the doors on them. It's just going to be an open face. Mm. Well, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, but I mean, we we have a very a, a very good community. We pretty much trust everybody, so you know we haven't had any problems yet with stealing or anything like that. Because you know they, they pretty much know if if they want something, come with come to us. We'll work something out. Hmm. And we've done that in the past, you know traded other things for magic cards and stuff like that like one of our tables actually came from a trade a guy wanted to get into into magic and didn't have a whole lot of money so we we worked with him build him a good budget deck and he traded us one of our tables for it yeah. gotta love that barter economy yeah sometimes it, it works sometimes if you can make a deal it's a, it's best for both parties yeah it, it really is and uh we're not too sure yet, but we, we, we may be making one of those deals for our uh, display displays as well. Mm, nice. We're still working out the details on that. Cool. And that's a, that reminds me of uh, the episode I did with uh, Pat's Games and how she paid her, her manager, business partner, sort of. She paid him to produce the software that they run the business on with the power nine. So she paid him in cardboard. So it works. It, sometimes yeah. that's a, that's a good way to motivate magic players. Yeah. Yeah. Paying, paying in cardboard is pretty good. Cause our, uh, with our YouTube channel, we're actually doing that. We're offering a store credit for anyone that wants to, uh, make some YouTube content for us here in the store. So it's not just me and my wife and our business partner, Chris, it's just, it's everybody. The, the, the entire shop will make YouTube videos. So that kind of, well, we drifted a little bit, but uh, it oh, leads yeah. into how do you determine the prices on your cards? Like what do you use to, uh, to price your singles? Well, we do TCG mid. Cause that, that's basically the standard. Uh, we do TCG mid. Um, we'll, depending on, you know, how popular a certain deck is here, we'll go up and down just a little bit uh, we don't go up too much but we'll usually go down on some cards like 
believe it or not, Abzan isn't really played around here. Hmm. So, the siege rhinos we got, we we can't really sell for full value. So we got them sitting at like two dollars. Yeah. So if anybody needs siege rhinos, you know where to go. Pretty much. Because I think they're four dollars TCG mid, and we have them at two just because we can't move them. That's what you got to do for your community, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest thing here is uh, like red deck aggro-ish type decks for mm-hmm. magic. So our lightning strikes go out the door faster than we can get them in. That's a pretty good sign. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can't so, keep uh, keep something like a lightning strike in stock, no, that's no, a we can't. pretty encouraging growth for your uh, your player base. Yeah, I, I think we got like 10 or 15 people running red decks right now. In the greater community, anyway. Our, our Friday Night Magics usually run 10 to 20 people, depending on the night. Pretty solid, just for big hitting. Yeah. yeah. And, and, of course, that doesn't count the casual, like, uh, commander players and the popper players or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's a pretty good community. Cool. So... What kind of events do you run in your store? We've already uh, talked about FM, but uh, what else do you do? Well, we do uh, Tuesday night popper, uh, Thursday night commander, and then the Tuesday and Thursday night switch every week. So we'll do one week on Tuesdays, one week will be popper, and the next week will be standard, uh, like a dollar or a rare entry on that one. And then... On Thursdays, we'll uh, switch back and forth between uh, some kind of a draft. Like we got a store cube, so we'll draft that sometimes. And if we haven't sold out already, then we'll just do a regular. Uh, well, last week it was Origins draft, and before that it was uh, uh, Dragons. Mm-hmm. But we, we have some problems running the tournaments, though. It, it's kind of stressful because. Uh, we don't have the Wizards event reporter yet because we're still waiting on sanctioning from Wizards of the Coast. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. We, we applied once and they turned us down. And then, you know, we're still working on getting that all sorted out. But it, it'll come in time. Yeah, I guess that would be a little bit trickier without uh, the event reporter. Yeah, yeah. But we, we found some apps on the Android that we can use, so... So I'm guessing that's probably one of the uh, top priorities on your list, to get the, get the yeah. sanctioning up and running? Yeah, yeah, we're going to... That's one of our big things, get the sanctioning up and running, which, you know, this, this is definitely going to help with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's it, actually it, more impressed, or impressive now that you've done all this without any, like, help from yeah, Wizards. We, yeah, we've had no help from Wizards as of yet. But, you know, you know, we're we're brand new. We're in a small store. I mean, I kind of see their point in being a little bit leery of us. But, you know, once they figure out that we're legit, you know, they'll, they'll come around. Yeah, I think that's their, their base minimum is that you are actually a, a real business, a legitimate yeah. business, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's kind of their thing because, you know, we – when we first sent in the application and the pictures, we were much smaller than when we first got denied. 
And then, you know, we, we sent more pictures and they're like, oh, well, that's a big change. Hmm. So we're, we're still working with them. I mean, everyone's been cool about it, so we're, we're, we're just we're just waiting, and you know, we'll I'm sure we'll get sanctioning within the month, so we're we're not too concerned about it, but it it'll definitely help help drive in more people when uh, we can actually be found on the wizard site, though. Yeah, for sure, that uh, that's a big help. So we've talked about theft. You know, like theft is not really a concern right now, right? Oh, no, no, absolutely not, because we've made it abundantly clear. If you want something, you don't have to steal it. Just come to us. We'll work something out. Hmm. And uh, mo- most of the community just, all right, well, I want I want this. What can we do? And uh, we try to be as generous as we can and still make a little profit. Have you ever had to deal with cheating? Uh, not really. Uh, we've had some newer players make some mistakes, um, and then you know they accuse the you know older player of cheating. But you know that all gets worked out real quick. But as for actual cheating, I don't think so. I don't think we've actually had any cheating yet. That's uh, none that we've caught anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, who, who knows? But yeah, hopefully I mean, you're I, like, okay, I haven't seen it, so. Hopefully it's not there. Yeah, mm. we're hoping it's not there, but if it is and we find it, we're going to snuff it out as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the that's the one thing that uh, you want to keep an eye out, obviously, for, because that's that definitely ruins a community, right? If people think oh, that yeah. uh, all the that place is known for cheaters, that's that's something you need yeah. to stay on top of, right? Oh, oh, of course, of course. Uh, we, we try to keep as friendly of a community as we possibly can. And we, we incur- we're trying to encourage now people, you know, to be inviting of new people when new people come in. Uh, invite them in, play some games with them, you know, keep them coming back because it'll grow the community, especially the uh, more experienced Magic players. They, they want to see more, uh, more competition in the area. And the best way to do that is just get more people in. Mm-hmm. And the newer people are loving it because, you know, the older players are helping the newer players with their deck building and, you know, learning the game. So it, it's, it's been real good. Do you have a, uh, a favorite customer story? I actually do have one, but it's in the good area. Good's um, fine. Good's good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, about... Four weeks in, I guess, we had a, uh, a young girl right out of high school uh, come come in and uh, learn to play a little bit of magic and, uh, you know, get, get pretty involved in the community. And uh, one day she just came up to us and said, hey, do you guys need help with your marketing? I'm kind of good at that. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. What do you want? She's like, I want this community to grow. And I said, I will well, all right, what do you have in mind? She said, give me one day. She came in the next day, and she gave us so many ideas. This girl's a genius when it comes to marketing because this is how we've come up with all the shenanigans around town that we've been doing. 
just mm-hmm. all out of this one one girl, and she's done so much for us. It, it's just been crazy how smart this girl is in marketing. So are you gonna hire her? Snap her up? I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's in the that's in the talks. Hopefully by the time this comes out and she listens to it, she'll already be hired. <laughs> that's a good sign that somebody's like, I want to help you. I want to. I like what you're doing. What can I do to help? Give me a shot. I, yeah, and that that's how like ninety percent of the community is like that. They they just legitimately want to help and want the store to succeed. So I mean, we're we're really blessed with the people we have around us. Kind of jealous, just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I like it. All well, right, so- I mean, we jumped in we jumped into it so quick and built friendships so quick that you know, it it just it just kind of happened. We're still blown by the things that are going on. It's still a wild ride. Oh, uh, it's it's a wild ride, that's for sure. I ask this question most episodes, but uh, I like to get everyone's perspective on it. So what does success look like for you? What do you want out of this business? Well, we, we shoot really high. So we're looking for 25% of the Coffeeville population between the ages of 13 and 25 to be playing at our store within two years. And, of course, you know, be fully stocked, have enough play space, um, you know, and actually be able to pay ourselves. So uh, a fully functioning business with roughly 2,500 people in its community that can... Uh... Uh, well, it, it'd be more like 300 between the ages of 13 and 25 is what we're shooting for. Because gotcha. that's the general magic population, gotcha. according to the research we've done anyway. Okay. But enough, uh, or enough people to build a business that can support employees and yourself? Oh, of course, of course. What tools do you use? That's a, another interesting part. What do you use throughout the day to... Uh, like you said, you, you started everything with... 500 bucks on a laptop. What else do you use to build your business? Well, uh, since then, we have gotten a a tablet as our cash register. Uh, Right now, we're using our tablet with uh, PayPal, PayHere app, and uh, just a regular money box and a ledger. So we literally just write down everything and take it to our accountant every month. So we're going to invest in a full-on POS system eventually, but for right now, it seems to be working pretty well. Do you have something in mind? Um, not right off the top of my head. I hadn't had much time to think about it. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you use things like Twitter and Facebook to promote? Do you, like, I know you've got a YouTube channel. Yeah, we got a YouTube channel. we got a Facebook page. Uh, we haven't done a whole lot with Twitter. Um, we probably should, but I don't know enough about Twitter yet. I'm still in the process of doing my research on that. But I, I do research pro- on running a business, and especially, especially in our genre, uh, probably about four to six hours a day uh, over a, the last ten weeks. That's a lot of dedication. Yeah. Uh, we really want it to succeed, so we're... 
we're fully dedicated to it, and uh, we're not going to give up until it's done. So, what are you focused on? Uh, right now, we're focused. I'm focusing on uh, marketing, uh, getting new people in the door. That that's my big one right now. I figure everything else will co- come in its place as long as we have the people, and it, it's been working pretty well. I I've listen to probably four to five podcasts a day and then after i'm done listening to the podcast i jump on to the interwebs and been on all kinds of different websites about entrepreneurship and business and everything i can find that will help me in any sort of way to absorb everything you can eh? yeah I'm, i'm a i'm a sponge anyway and that's always been one of my uh, greatest assets is I can just learn so quickly and so much in such a short amount of time that, you know, it's been a real asset, especially doing something like this. So do you have, uh, so, sorry, do you have plans to uh, expand into other genres of gaming or are you going to focus more on what you've got right now and just keep going deeper? Well, we are going to expand. Um, we had a guy a guy from uh, a representative from uh, War Machine come down here and we got they set up a demo and uh, a lot of our players got to play a few rounds of War Machine and they really liked it so we're probably going to expand that pretty quickly Uh, we've also been playing a lot of you know on off nights uh, Munchkin um board games, stuff like that. Uh, Arkham Horror is a really good one. Uh, we haven't been able to get a copy of Settlers of Catan yet, but when we do, I'm sure that thing will explode. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's what I put my money on, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I've played a little bit of Settlers, and uh, it it's a fun game. I really like it. Yeah, there's a, not, as much, not as much as Munchkin, but... <laughs> yeah, Munchkin's got its... Uh... It's virtues. Yeah, we, we, we like to be pretty silly around here. Yeah, Munchkin will definitely get your fill for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe board games? You've already oh, got uh, uh, role-playing games covered? Oh, yeah. We got, well, we got Dungeons & Dragons right now. We may uh, expand into like Pathfinder and stuff like that, but probably not a whole lot more expansion on the role-playing games. But we're definitely going to expand wildly on board games, I'm sure. Because there seems to be a good community here for that. And uh, miniatures, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that'll be a much slower process. Yeah, that's a that's a much tougher genre to just jump on. Yeah. A lot more money you yeah. need to invest up front with, up front with for that, right? Yeah, and as we're doing the entire thing bootstrapping at the moment... Mm-hmm. Uh, Minis doesn't seem like a thing we're going to get into quite yet. Although I have heard good things about the uh, um, Magic the Gathering board game that came out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a miniature game. It kind of kind of reminded me of uh, a game I used to play called HeroScape. Yeah, that's the impression that I got of it too. I haven't had a chance yeah. to try it out yet, but yeah, I'm excited. I want I want to try try that and get some people into that one. It does look interesting to think that. I'm excited. Wizards of the Coast is putting out some pretty good products over the last couple years, so 
Yeah, I mean, they they definitely know how to make a card game, so if they can translate even like some of how good Magic is to the board game, it should work pretty well. Oh yeah, and pl- plus if they uh, took if they modeled after uh, HeroScape, which like it looks like it they did, then uh, it'll probably be wildly successful. So do you uh, do you have any plans of uh, moving the store online? You said you talked uh, about eBay before. Yeah, we we do we do a little bit of eBay right now. Um, we may get into the online. Um, that just seems like a whole lot of stuff right now with everything that we got going on. Hmm. But uh, we, we could probably do some on online sales. But we'll have to get established here in the community first, for sure. And now, if you had to start over from scratch, like let's let's kind of explore the uh, entrepreneur on fire question. If you had to go back from the beginning, you had to kind of like you woke up in that uh, new world and you didn't have the business that you had now. If you had to start over from the beginning, would you do anything differently? Would I do anything differently? No. We we've That's made confidence. our share we we've we've made our share of mistakes, but we've been real quick to correct them. And I think if you're going to get into a business, you just need to get into business. I mean, that's just my feelings on the whole thing. If you're going to do it, just do it. Don't have any regrets about it. It's a good way to live. No regrets. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how this whole thing started. How about this? How about the name of your business? Where did that come from? Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, the name of our business... Um, actually came from uh my wife we were having a lot of trouble deciding on what we were going to name it and uh she's like well well what 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 do we do i'm like well we're a nerd community she's like all right well nerd should probably be in it and uh i'm like well what do we do well we host games we have a place for people to play we're like well so it's a haven right like yeah so how about nerd haven we're like, oh, that's awesome. But we got online and found out that Nerd Haven was already taken. So we went to Nerdish Haven because there's a little nerd in everybody. So that, that's how we came up with the name. It, basically just explaining what we do. Clear and concise. It, it definitely gets the point across. A haven for nerds. That, that was the idea. So I visited your site. I actually yes. uh, read through your, uh, your mission statement almost. Uh, that that was written before the store was even conceived, but it still holds true. We, we're still wanting to help all nerds with any problems they come up with. We just want to help everybody. So how is that? Uh, how have you integrated that into your store? The idea of you want to be uh, not want to say like an advice kind of person, but like yeah, you want to yeah. you want to help. Yeah, we, we just we just try to help. So, like, um, when people want to get into a game and don't have money, of course, we try our best to find a way for them to get in and play the games that they want to play. Um, and, of course, every once in a while, you know, someone will have a problem and they'll come to us for advice. And, you know, we'll do our best to help anyone with anything if we can. I mean, if you help enough people get what they want, eventually you'll have everything you want. I've definitely heard that one before. <laughs> yep. It's a true story. I've heard, 
True story. I've heard it several times. Mm-hmm. So we we try to give people what they want, and in return, they'll give us what we want. Do you have a uh, specific story of something that uh, someone came in and asked for your help? Well, uh, we got one one guy here that uh, he he had to move pretty quickly. Him and his girlfriend. Uh, they get, they got evicted or something, and uh, we actually went out and helped them find a cheaper apartment, and we got we got them in, and then we helped them move a little bit. I mean, it wasn't too much. I mean, it was only you know a couple hours of talking to people and doing stuff, but I mean, it it really helped them out, and they're probably customers here for life. That, that's yeah, we'll, pretty. That's pretty nice. Like that's something that yeah. even you know friends wouldn't necessarily uh, line up to uh, do for somebody. Yeah. Uh, we go out of our way to help people, which I think is why our community has grown so much as fast as it has. And we're uh, in a pretty nice location too. So we get a lot of walkthroughs. Uh, we're in the downtown Coffeeville district that has uh, a lot of history to it with the Dalton gang and stuff like that. Like, we're right next door to the Raid Museum, and out back was the jailhouse. So we get some traffic through on that, too. And, you know, I've tried to learn up a little bit on that kind of stuff so I can help people out a little bit. And in the meantime, tell them what we do. Hmm. So is it uh, a bit of a tourist location because of that? It is. It is. Uh, we get a lot of through traffic uh, because of the the Dalton raids. Um, the Dalton... The Dalton uh, Defender Days uh, is a big thing we have here every year. brings a lot of tourists through. And uh, on that day, I think we've decided that we're going to have like a miniature convention here in the mall. <laughs> Good idea. Maybe you could work that yeah. into a, a role-playing yeah, sort yeah, of event. Yeah, we're, yeah we, we thought we would do a, uh, a Dungeons & Dragons style Dalton raid thing. That would be uh, a lot of fun. You know, with some, you know, Old West cosplay, stuff like that. Because cosplay's a pretty big thing around here, too. People are really enjoying, you know, dressing up in their costumes and just having fun. And like like I said earlier, uh, I, I dressed as a wizard when we went door to door. To door. And, you know, that, that got a lot of people interested in talking, so. All right, do you have any, uh, do you have any advice for somebody who's two months behind where you are and just on the verge of opening up their own store, what would you tell them? If that's really what you want to do, get out there, start networking and do what feels right. If it feels right to wait, wait. If it feels right to go, go. Cause I mean, if, if you get out there and network and the community's there and the community's willing to help you, I mean, you're going to make it. At least that's my feelings on the matter. Yeah, I guess in a large part, that kind of feels like validation. Right? If you're actually you're out there, you're, like, you're telling people, I wanna, I'm going to open the store. I'm going to open the store. This is my dream. I want to do this. And you're talking to people and players or, or magic players or game players. And like, yeah, that's a really cool idea. I, should, I, I would like to see that. Then they're, they're basically just telling you, yes, you should do that because I will buy from you. That's your, the validation you want as a business yep. owner. Yeah, you, 
you get out there, you get the validation, and you build up the community before you even open. It's a good and plan. I, I mean, if if we can do it here in a little town like this, I don't see why everyone couldn't do it that really, really have the dedication to do it. But you got to do your research. You got to get out there and do things that are going to make you uncomfortable. Trust me, it was very hot walking around in a basic wizard costume and a big old beard with that with that staff and being loud and flamboyant. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it would have been a little a little uh, sweaty doing that in the middle of the summer. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, but uh, it, it paid off in the end. Yeah, I think people I mean, would definitely notice a wizard walking down the street. Yeah, they they really do. <laughs> they really do. But yeah, um, I actually got the uh, the character uh, from another podcast I've been lis- listening to. I've I've gotten hooked on podcasts uh, they over are the last sweet. couple of years. But it, it's called uh, "Hello from the Magic Tavern," and and I I uh, actually. Uh, cosplayed uh, Usador the wizard and uh, acted like him the whole day and it got a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah, that was the point though, right? Get, get that it, attention. It really was. It really was. I mean, when you walk into a place and start yelling your name, <laughs> people pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever will get eyeballs on your business because that's what you need leading when you just started yeah. out, so... It, it really is, and uh, going back to the uh, advice for people just starting out, get out there, do crazy things, and the crazier it is, the better it'll probably work because it'll it'll get attention. Don't do nothing illegal or nothing like that, but I mean, you know, take ideas and run with them. That, that's the best advice I can get. So really, like, ditch your fears. It's going to be nerve-wracking. It's going to be... Oh, it, it's going to be nerve-wracking. It's it's going to be uncomfortable, but it, it's definitely worth it in the end. Yeah, that's that's something that I've heard multiple times over the course of the last year and a half or so, is that the one thing is, if you're feeling uncomfortable about something, that's probably the one thing you should probably go and do. Yep. Whatever it is yep. you're apprehensive about, that's probably the thing that'll help you grow the most as a person, as a business, whatever. Yeah, and and that that's there's no bigger truth in that in this business. Yeah, if 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 you're comfortable doing what you're doing, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. As much as fun as we've had discussing uh, your uh, your awesome game store, we do have to wrap the show up at some point. And, but, <laughs> All right. I know. <laughs> but uh, what I would like to do is uh, maybe have you come back on the show later on down the road once you've had. Uh, more opportunity to grow and more uh, learn a few more lessons of the of the game business if you're more, if you're interested in that. Well, of course, I would love to come on anytime. All right, maybe uh, maybe we'll schedule a show for like you're at two months old. Maybe uh, let's do something else in the next four months. Meet you at the six month mark and see how things are uh, how things have progressed. I would absolutely love to, and uh, by that time, hope. Hopefully, we'll have grown by twenty times what we are now. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a great story. Yeah, well, we're we're going to do our best and uh, keep on keeping on. 
so tell the listeners where they can find your your store in store and in real life okay um in real life you can find us at uh 118 west 9th in coffeeville kansas we're in suite four um Online, you can find us at nerdishhaven.com or at Facebook at uh, Facebook slash nerdishhaven. Great. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. I look forward to talking to you again and hearing about how everything turns out. Of course, and thank you very much for having me. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Aaron Tillman, the Maniverse podcast. We'll be back next Friday with another episode. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about game store entrepreneurship and the magic community, head over to mandiversaga.com. That's where you'll find podcasts and articles to help you build a better LGS. And if you're feeling generous, you can, uh, if you want to support the cause and get some Pokemon cards into the hands of some middle school students, you can go to gofundme.com slash Pokemon for kids. That's gofundme.com slash Pokemon for kids. As always, thanks for listening. I've been your host, Tom Traplin, and I will talk to you guys next week.